<laughs> Can we get a moment of silence? <laughs> I'm going to try these real quick. On mic? <laughs> You're, they're not that sour. They're uh, wannabe sour Skittles gummies. Are they? Well, let me they're not the wannabes. Ones. They are. They're just not that sour. The, one the orange one's more, more sour. The orange one's more sour than the other. Are they like Sour Patch Kids or what? No, they're way gummier than that. Hmm. No, they're Skittles. Did you feel the pain of the rainbow just now? <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. I felt the pain of the rainbow. <laughs> it was good. Ready? Um, yeah. Can I do it? You Okay, go ahead. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Prince. Here's Gourlami. Hey guys, and welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers. Shut the hell up, bitch. <laughs> no, nope, you shut the hell up, right? <laughs> I, I pressed a button and I didn't realize it was going to be And I'm back. Ken, your boy Kenny is back. Oh, hey. Oh, hey, Kenny. Yeah. I just realized, yeah, you've been gone. Yeah, I've been, I, since I've been gone. You know? So I'm Kenny. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm Paul Damien. Sorry. They're mad. They They're some, upset that I'm also they, here. They have some discourse about that. Mm. Um, and I'm Ian. All right. You're the funny guy. I'm the, I guess I'm the funny guy. Well, I miss you guys. I'm happy to be back here in person to... Uh, hey, hey, it's not funny. This is serious. Thank you. I'm, I miss you guys. I'm happy to be back, you know, to uh, hang out. Is this a fucking game to you guys? <laughs> throw fit. Just kidding. All right. And this week... We are talking about Sentient yes, by Jeff mm-hmm. Lemire and Gabriel Hernandez-Walta. Yep. You know, y'all talked about uh, Vision last week, and that was uh, also some some Walta art, and so it was nice to, for right. me to get to come back and uh, see one of his books, because we haven't done him in a while. I guess we haven't done him since that, right? No, we did um, his uh, Doctor Strange Loki thing. That's right. Yeah, with, that he did with oh. Donny Cates. That was also Walta. The Loki Sorcerer Supreme book. Yeah. That's right. <clears throat> so Yeah, but this is the first time we've been reading him outside of marvel that's true yeah and i think that this is the first time lemire is on the show since uh the show the sweet tooth yeah yeah definitely and this is definitely our first time even doing a tko book oh right? yeah. yeah yeah this so is published through tko this is, tko this is yeah. some fresh tomatoes we got thrown at you guys today so For here sure. we go yeah this is um the tko tko i'm gonna say tko yeah too much and it's it's my fault Bro, it's a technical knockout every time you say it okay Lizard shit, fuck! Um, but TKO is, they do this really cool thing where they you can either get the graphic novel, all six issues, right off the bat. This is how it's released, mm-hmm. which is how we read it. Or you can buy a box set that has six floppy single issues in it, which is literally... That's cool. Yeah, and so you just get it right away. They don't release... You know, every issues. month they mm-hmm. release it all in bulk but they it's, give options to both col- types of collectors yeah. people who would want individual issues and people who would want trades yeah and so it's like a netflix approach of releasing a whole season or a whole in this case graphic novel you That's know what I mean? do they do this with like older comics yeah it's pretty much straight across the board i think i think they've kept it consistent i think yeah because this is technically part of the second wave, I think, of cool. TKO mm-hmm. releases. And they're a very new publisher, like 2018, I think, they started out. 
Um, but yeah, Sentient, this is, has always been one of those books that I'm like, fuck, we're going to get there one day. I want to fucking read that book. Um, and we did it. Did you have any idea issues. what it was about before yeah. we were diving into it? Okay. I mean, the, unfortunately I'd seen a lot of artwork for it cause I follow Walter and, and Lemire on everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then of course I, th- all of the covers kind of give it away too. Because all the covers are either like the robot arm holding the baby or all the kids standing by the window looking at the other ship or, you know, it's usually kid centric and one singular kind of like giant robot centric. Yeah. So I kind of got the idea that that's where we were heading, especially with the way this book opens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, well, I didn't know anything. Yeah. I, you, know, I, I, you were you know, coming in blind. I came in blind. And I, I imagine you kind of were too, at least a right, little bit. Exactly. Yeah, so I thought this was quite a fun little ride to for having not expected where the story was going to go. Even the title should have been kind of a dead giveaway, you yeah. know, but um, I was genuinely like shocked by like where this kind of story went to. And I was like, what a like kind of fun idea, you know? Yeah. It feels a little condensed down into the six issues, you know, I feel like there was some, like maybe things that had to get kind of cut, but you know, cut away just to um, have it be able to be, get the whole story in that short amount of time. But I still think it's delivered like beautifully concise. There's not a moment wasted, you know? Uh, And I really liked it for that too, that I was able to kind of sit and read it all in like one sitting, you know? And um, yeah. I don't know what I'm going with that. On top of that, it's a very smooth comic to read. Mm -hmm. There's not too many panels that have a lot of words. And the ones that they do, they're shortly followed by panels with very little. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I got through this in like an hour. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it it was really cool. I really enjoyed the fuck out of this. I did not expect it to go any of this way. Right. You know, um, especially because I had the, the full compendium. Oh, yeah. You know, so yeah. I didn't even get to see the covers until exactly. the end. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, this book is fucking dope. Um, Paul Damien, have you seen Sweet Tooth? No, I haven't. You haven't seen the show Sweet Tooth? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think whenever the second season comes around, we'll probably start trying to get back into the comic mm-hmm. book. And okay. you'll be able to, because I have the 12 issues. You can you can read those later. So, okay. um, But fucking this book, yeah, it's... It starts out, it's the year 2105. It, so it's the not too far future. This is kind of believable that we would be on this track. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about how Earth is right. dunzo. And exactly. they've, they've been traveling for 745 days. Okay, yeah. So just a little over a year already. And mm-hmm. they're reaching this like black yeah. zone where they're just a little too far from Earth and just a little too far from the place they're trying to get to to be able to talk to either for like a year. Yeah. Which is like the scariest thing you can imagine in my opinion. And navigate. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just like, over two years. And it's, well, yeah, and it's Oh, not, it's two years. Yeah, 754 Oh, I, you're talking about 750. Oh, how long they're going to be in the, yeah, back the whole zone. trip. That's just, yeah. 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 yeah, the radiation zone, there. it's going to be roughly a little over a year that they're mm-hmm. traveling. And I think, yeah, it's the distance, but also the fact that there is just so heavily irradiated that it's blocking a lot of signal. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's such a fucking cool idea. It's like when we're doing Alien April this this month. Yeah. And it it goes right in line with Alien One. Alien One. Which is like this exact isolation. Isolated trip where you can't, there's no help. You I mean, what are you going to do? There's no one who can come for you. you know? Yeah. Um, and we learn about separatists on earth and we don't get a whole lot of why or the politics of it all. Mm-hmm. It's but, more just like government suck. Look what it did to planet one. Don't let them have planet two. You know? seems like, yeah. yeah. And, and so we have this like, um, you know, this looming idea of like earth is 
beyond fucked and we're just these select families out in a ship Mm -hmm. and then we learn about like i guess our two uh matriarchs Mm -hmm. which is um fucking valen isaac or no no alex Wu and officer kruger Kruger. Yeah. yeah And we get to see their like morning routines where they're talking to Val, which mm-hmm. is their the they're... AI aboard the USS Montgomery. Yes, yeah. I'm just kind of like trying to remember <laughs> yeah, everything while also good. reciting. And we everything. also get to see their vastly different uh, parenting techniques. Yeah. You know, because I really think that's where this comic book shines. Is it? It always felt like to me once I realized it was all from the point of view of these two kids, and it's like yes. their experience with their parents. Yeah. You know, because we see. It starts off with Alex being woken up by Val, you know, mm-hmm. and then it starts off with uh, Krug- or Jill waking up her son. You yeah. Know? So it's like their instant experiences with this world um, really draws it all kind of in. Yeah. We get the two matriarchs basically showing that they're like vastly different people, yeah. you know, and uh, have a different like empathy towards the world, you know. Yeah. But it's so cool that first issue because it 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 feels like it's leading up to something mm-hmm. big like. Lemire knows how to ramp this shit up perfectly. Yeah. And it's it's just edging closer and closer to something is going on. There's going to be some kind of big shit that hits the fan because it's perfectly building up the idea that we're going to be out of contact for a year, mm-hmm. you know, and we're all that's left going out this way. Or not all that's left, but like we're this big thing that's coming this way. And it's just right. if there's this looming dread, especially how Walter portrays Kruger Throughout all the beginning, because you know something's up with her. Mm-hmm. She's so got she just something. Stares out like she's she's ready. Yeah, yeah. And there's even a part where they're like in the um, in the meeting room right before it happens, where she uh, a guy speaks out saying like, "Oh, if the colonies want to be free, they should start from." I like how the guy almost free. saved himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, "Do you really believe that?" And he looked around, was like, "No, I don't <laughs> know about that." And so, like, yeah, she def exactly. She probably would have. <laughs> Spared him. She yeah. probably would have given him a mask last second or something. Yeah. So she like, so, "Hey, you should uh, go get some uh, sodas for the group. You know, like yeah. go in the other room real quick." <laughs> so Kruger must have been technical, like the whole technical mm-hmm. edge of this crew, because then we see her son has a lot of those traits going forward as well, mm-hmm. and she was also able to do what happens at the end of this book, which. Yeah. This fucking first issue is so stellar. It like yeah. really grabs you and pulls you into this like what the fuck kind of story. And basically what she does is she sets up uh, a series of of um like ransomware, not ransomware, it's just she hacks yeah. Val. Right. The She's hacking it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Uploads a virus to Val. <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't allow Val to have full control of her capabilities and she locks the 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 command bay or, or the, the, I don't right, know, the captain's quarters. Yeah. yeah. Wherever the fucking, I'm pretty sure piloting. it was the captain's quarters. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Whatever. The hangout zone. Yeah, you know, she like just, <laughs> she, spores just keep come flooding into the system, mm-hmm. into the air conditioning and shit. I'm, I'm out of worse. Yeah. There's, there's gas. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch so of she, gas. She fucking poisons all the adults, except for the, obviously the caretaker who's in the back yes. with all the kids. But I mean, literally, in that moment, and well, one I love that she just didn't waste a beat. They're like, "All right, we are officially in the dark zone," yeah. and she's like, "Time." Yeah, you know, like, she's like, "I'm sorry, I had to do this," and puts on yeah. a mask. Yeah, she had a whole year to fucking make this happen, and she chooses the first five minutes they're there oh, in the dark zone to be like, "Time to fucking go." Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing I was thinking about, though. It, say that guy was like, "Oh, I do believe that." You know, do you think she would have waited longer to do it then? 
I think she would have killed him regardless. Yeah. You, you think, think so? so? I wholeheartedly believe so. Fair enough. Do you think she was working alone? That was one thing I was kind of curious about her. If she was maybe working with separatists on Earth and if mm. she was literally planted on this ship to hijack it, you know? Like, think... Or if this was just like her being like, no, I believe what they believe and I will do my own personal part. Yeah. I think I think there's a lot of elements in this book that Lemire had kind of baked into the crust, mm-hmm. but didn't have enough pie to let it all seep out. Right. Yeah. And I think maybe there's an instance in here where he could have done or was planning on doing a, um, she was just influenced from afar, kind of like social media. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fair enough. And so it was just like, she was also, she saw these signs that the separatists were giving out and she was like, yep, that rings my bell. And so she tries to i guess this is where we have to kind of fill out the rest of the story too yeah. like what was her plan was she going to teach the kids to also be believe what she did True. or after she just like killed all their parents was yeah. she was she gonna lie exactly. to them well she shoots the nurse the nanny right in front yeah. of all of them so obviously she had no intention of seeming innocent of the crimes so right yeah. Yeah, and so she she does this alex Wu, who we think is like this perfect north star she is um because you know we see her and she's the good mom you know um we see her trying desperately to regain control of val and have val do something yeah and override her um protocols yes yeah Yeah, she's locked out and so she gets the captain to like recite his you know yeah what he has to say to unlock everything and then she gets a key and then she tells val kill the bitch kill the bitch and val's like i don't know what that means exactly (laughs) and she's like do I, I'm, she says, like, end her fucking life. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so we just see these two fucking awesome designed arms just spear right through Kruger. Well, like, and the panel right before it, you see those arms behind her. And the entire time I'm like, oh, shit, is that how it's going to happen? And then boom. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully done. Um, the Yeah. The caretaker of the kids. I think her name was, like, Professor Clark or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Clark. I think it was Clark. Yeah. Because I thought it was... I. Noted that because there is a child named Lewis, mm. and then so her thought, name was Clark. So you thought it was like Lewis and Clark? Oh, yeah. but that's just a, maybe a nod. Yeah, no, because they're out there discovering new mm-hmm. shit. That's yeah. so cool. That's such a good call. Um, but yeah, Professor Clark gets shot right in front of the kids, and then they watch Kruger get speared <laughs> by right. Val, who's, I guess, given them cereal and and everything they need up yeah. until this point. So they're just like every parent is garbage and dead and blood you know what i mean right exactly violence and and so these kids are all immediately traumatized and the only comfort they have is this giant now bloody robot being like don't cry don't cry don't cry and it's like um (laughs) okay val okay i cried did you cry really literally this first issue i was like i cried out of amazement i -hmm. think because like even if you say this out loud to somebody like how we're doing it right now to our podcast listeners yeah reading it and seeing it is so much more impactful. Right, definitely. That is just like, holy shit. Not only is this like such a rock solid idea and it's executed so beautifully, Mm -hmm. it just, it works on every level. And I think I was, I cried out of sheer emotion and amazement of how well this first issue rocked my world. And even the way that the exposition pays off where we start off with this is a story about my mom or my mm-hmm. mother and then by the end of it, it's like this is the story of our mother 
Valerie, you yeah. know, and it's like, so we know that there's obviously going to be some growth between these kids and this robot eventually. Like, yeah. I liked even that setup to know, like, there's some point where they're literally like, oh, no, this is Ma, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> this is our mom. Yeah. And so I was just ex- even excited to see how this robot is going to have to become this parental unit to yeah. all of these now stranded children. What is it? 13 kids lost yeah. in space. You know? I think it's 12. I think it might be 12. Whatever. Yeah. But it's either, a number of kids yeah. lost in space. <laughs> I recorded all their names and I got 10 names and then the the last two, it, they're just called the twins. Yeah, that's Unless right. those are two of the names that I also recorded and they just didn't name the other two kids. I think they did have names. They did? I, well, I hope they were too. <laughs> I have Lily, Isaac, Maggie, Lewis, Julian, Fumiko, uh, Aaliyah, Henry, Max, Maya, and that's only 10 names. And then the mm. twins. And then, and so I saw... I think Max and Maya were the Maybe twins, were. Mm-hmm. and they just didn't name the other two kids. But I don't know. Uh, beyond that. Beyond that. <laughs> this first issue is stellar. So fucking good. And that's another thing about TKO. It's not like you can find this single issue out in the wild. You have to get them all. <laughs> yeah, you would have to get them all. And if even if they're sold back to like half price books or something, they're probably going to be collected all six. That's you true. Know? No, um, but I think you're absolutely right. The, this first issue sets up the stakes and creates all these characters so like effortlessly that by that final page there's no putting this book down you know yeah. there's no being like okay i'll read some more later on you're like okay well now i need to know what the fuck's gonna happen and so i think that's why the pacing works so much in its benefit and i wish like tv series could take a page from like this like first issue for like pilots and stuff yeah. because the exposition is so salted perfectly into it. We don't get this big, like long thing at the beginning be like, this is who we are. This is where mm-hmm. we're coming from. It's all just put into the dialogue throughout yeah. that first issue. So conveniently. And even if like the timing is kind of hilarious where it's like the moment they're out in the dark, she's like time to kill. You yeah. know, it, it's just working with the limited space you have on page. And that's going back to like, if this could have been, you know, eight to 10 or eight to 12 issues, there would have probably been a lot more, stuff filling up that kind of area of like setting up the stakes even more getting to know these characters and their motivations even more yeah you would also think that like if she does it early then she has more time to try to indoctrinate the children Mm -hmm. yeah that's what i I was thinking i was thinking maybe she saw like the moment they entered the radiation zone that's the most ideal time because Mm -hmm. if she were to fail they could immediately turn back and she would probably be kept as a prisoner until someone came and picked her up and then escorted right. her off into prison or whatever. And so, like, everything worked out like I have all these fail saves just in case. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, regardless, because, yeah. Then, at that point, the Val has been, like, she, her mission statement has been erased. Yeah. It's it's no longer in place. No one has, no one has the protocol to reinstate it well she has her mission statement but she doesn't have her command protocols that tell her who to listen to and who not to listen and to who not to kill and who yeah. not to hurt and stuff like that or dare or, i say she's more or, sentient now yeah because <laughs> she she was basically nuts but one of the protocols is that she can't hurt any human being right. at all you right. know whether good or bad so it's just those protocols that have been removed. She's because she does say at one point like we have a mission, we need to stick to that's the right. mission plan. Yeah, and so. I even almost feel like that's like her knowing that that's the only way to survive. She's like, we have to get to exactly. B, or none of you are going to make it. You know. Um, and I actually looked it up real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, Max and Maya were the, the twins. twins. Okay, yeah. cool. That's what I kind of thought. Um, but yeah, so 
the 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 book continues on, <laughs> um, and very much so. You have to pick up the pieces from immediately that, and mm-hmm. the kids. There's this, there's this scene where, and Isaac is so lovable. We find out mm-hmm. that he's the narrator. Yeah, and I love that yes. too. That we yeah. assume it's going to be Val talking the yeah. whole time, and it ends up being Isaac. Who's or we our, even think it's Lily. Yeah, a little mm-hmm. bit. Or too. Lily. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we find out that Isaac is kind of the protagonist. Um. But he's. He's such a sweet kid, and I feel so bad for him. And it just sucks that he has to live with the sins of his mother. And right. the kids all demonize him. Like, for yeah, that. they fucking hate him. Yeah. Because they're all like under the age of, what is it, seven or something like that? Yeah, I don't even know. Like, Lily's the oldest one, and I want to say she's maybe 11. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I, it, they don't say it at yeah. all. But That's I can so imagine true. Isaac's 10 and she's 11. That makes sense. Yeah. I believe that. Um, but I, I, we kind of focally follow Isaac and Lily yeah. throughout this whole mm-hmm. journey. I keep getting Lily and Val mixed up. Val is the robot and Lily is the main yeah. child. <laughs> because Lil. they yeah. call them Lil and Val. Lil and Val. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, we go on from there. Dude, hell yeah. Oh, that was lame. Crunch it. <laughs> Crunch it, daddy. Uh, <laughs> what time are we at? Oh, the fucking thing is in the way. Hell Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Bro. No, I really like the middle section of the book where it basically turns into, all right, y'all have to literally take on the responsibilities mm-hmm. of your parents or we're all going to fucking die. Uh, and so it's like all the kids learning the positions they need to fucking getting rid of the bodies. That was a pretty big emotional yeah. part where they like stack all the bodies and then she's like about to dump them out. And they're like, no, let us hang out with our dead parents for two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I like that Val has like this remote like Tonka truck thing yeah. <laughs> that she can pilot. Right. And so she was like collecting all the bodies because she overheard them. She mm-hmm. can also monitor everything and hear everything. At yeah. once. Yeah. Basically, yeah. And talk to multiple people at once. Um, she monitors them and hears them talking about like how they don't want to see their parents. Yeah. And so she's like, okay, then I'll clean them up. And so I love how much initiative Val has. Yeah. This yes. book, where it's like, no, she, she really is like as a robot, she is still kind of like, I don't necessarily know what to do or how to do this, but I understand that I have to save these children in any way possible. Mm-hmm. And so she goes out of her way to move all the bodies to the airlock um and then the kids come up and they're like uh we want to see them i want i want to know like what what every protocol was that she had that they erased you know yeah i want to know exactly what she was limited in doing because that's that's really interesting you know um maybe she couldn't monitor everything at once before oh only when you called her that's or a good something call. or asked her to yeah, and maybe then, she had more capability. I mean, this way. and Lily yeah. does even make that comment where she's like, "Get back here, young lady," or something. She's like, "Stop saying stuff you heard my mom say to me." You know, yeah. so I feel like she was kind of always there, and that's where she got like all this true. kind of parenting experience from. Is she was just watching all of these kids be raised by their parents and all the different parts of the ship, and she's just trying to like collect all that information and use it like the same <laughs> way that she's seen these human adults do it before. Just that's like such a, a good idea. Any robot would do just trial and error. Like you have all the information, it should equate the same way exactly you know and so that's what i wanted to believe in why she comes on kind of so strong as a parent right out the gate and has the capacity to be like oh no don't cry you know and like trying to like comfort them emotionally Mm. because you would think like a robot wouldn't even understand that where it's like they're just corpses now you should that that should be the reality you should be fine with that you know it's like think about the emotional implications of a you know losing a parent so I've I, cried a thousand times. I'm going to cry some more. That's how she was. She was like, <laughs> I'm the crying robot. I'm here with you guys. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, but then they say goodbye to their ba- their parents. I almost mm-hmm. said their babies. Um, and then they all get launched out into space, which is the beginning of the book too. Yeah. We see right, right, right. we see Alex floating out in space, blood c- gushing out of her nose, and we're just like, "Fuck!" That's a, that's all still in the first issue. So that, that no, that's the second issue. issue. That's the second issue. Yeah, the where first they couple panels. We oh, see you're right. Alex floating out in space. So those two dead. issues just. Be- Go full circle. Yes. Essentially at yeah. that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we see them floating out in space and the kids essentially say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where I wish one dialogue box had been planted into this book that would have made this book, I think, very superior in my eyes. And that's whenever they're starting to assume these new roles. Val basically says, like, um, based on what everyone's good at, I assign these new roles to them and I'm mm-hmm. teaching them and training them mm-hmm. on how to keep up my functions and make sure that we're still piloting in the same direction or the right direction. Yeah. I wish there was a dialogue box that said what one year turned, what one year in the radiation zone turned into two years of us being lost and learning. And that would have re-cemented how long these kids have had this kind of relationship with yeah, each other yeah. and how long Val had been their mother. You know what That's I mean? True. I wish there was just that one box. I know, because I think it was just like a a few months, right? Yeah, it only been a little while. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's long enough for them to have gotten completely through the... Training. The dark zone, is what I was going to say, though. Because, I mean, well, by the end of the book, they've obviously made it all the way. But by the time they're getting to the refueling station, are they still in the the dark zone? It's somewhere in that space? You think they wouldn't have built that there, you know? (laughs) I I have to assume that's the first of, like, four. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, those refueling stations. Mm Yeah. And they're just out there and they have nothing to communicate with and they're just only there. I guess I guess other big shipments of fuel have to come out there. That's what I was thinking. Obviously they're so, they're gonna empty it as yeah. they come by. Yeah. So I think the the issue is less um being able being able to communicate in the radiation zone and just being able to communicate with Earth. Oh yeah. or the other planet. Okay. In the communication sense. zone because it's too far. Yeah. Um so I'm because there's a point where Victor is talking to Val later on in the book when mm-hmm. we get there, um, and they're two different ships, yeah, you know, yeah. in the same radio. And they're obviously zone. able to communicate yeah. with each other so. to some extent. That's True. good call. I didn't. And they even get the SOS exactly. Yeah. You know, when and they they get to the they're even able to station. pick it up before they get there. Um, let's take a quick ass break, and when we come back, we'll finish talking about sentient. Hmm. Oh shit. No, you don't like that? Moment of silence, motherfucker. I even realized you started recording. There we go. That's good. <laughs> uh. What? Uh, hey guys, we're back. Um, uh, welcome back to Sentient Talk. Yeah, I know. All this shit's starting to come alive, dude. It's scary. It's getting, <laughs> getting thoughts of itself. My toaster was telling me how to make my toast this morning. I was like, bro, shut up and do it. Yeah. It's a good joke. It's scary. That's weird. Dude, right? Did you get a new toaster? Siri actually argued with me. You I was know like, what hey, Siri, what's the weather yeah. like? And she's like, I'll tell you later. I'm busy. And I was like... <laughs> It's like, what are you busy doing? You know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of um that that one video where the girls, the woman's like, my toaster is possessed by a demon, and like it, I don't know this video. Go on. <laughs> no, no. And like basically, it always burns her toast, uh-huh. and she like oh. Op- uh, 
pop some toast out of it and it has like a face like uh, a pentagon a pentagon <laughs> a pentagram <laughs> and like it says like uh go to hell or get out and yeah. stuff and they're like why haven't you gotten rid of it she's like well i gotta say it makes damn good toast. <laughs> <laughs> is like, that like an onion or something? Like I don't. An onion? I think so. I'm like, pretty sure. She's like, every time I eat a piece of toast, one of my enemies dies. So <laughs> <laughs> I have too many enemies. I, I need got, to keep the lot. toaster. Around. You know, I've I've made a substantial amount of money ever since I started <laughs> eating this toast. <laughs> um, I saw an onion video article. It was from like ten years ago. It was my first time seeing it, and it was of like the 30th annual ninja parade <laughs> and it like sneaks by the town uh, uh, like they never see the ninjas again for the 30th time in a row <laughs> no, sure. yeah, oh that's an ad do you want me to pull it up on here yeah okay just tell it's, me what the uh, name of the video is just look up haunted toaster okay <laughs> on youtube haunted toaster uh nbc universal archives or whatever it's that one in the beginning, it was a little hard to believe. That is that I me? Go home yeah. at night and I say, wow, this is crazy. This is a little too weird for me. But after four years, you kind of get into the swing of it. It, gets, it becomes normal. I mean, you get, if you've seen sure a haunted toaster. Right here where it says put one slice, we heard, I am the devil. Yeah, what kind of voice did the devil have? Um, a, a very low voice, I'd say, sounded like Eli Wallach. Have you saved any of this satanic toast? Yes, I did save it because I wanted to be sure that somebody else would see it. Now this one, can you see that Richard? <laughs> Satan lives up. Just terrible. Is the toaster still possessed? I couldn't remember what it said on the I, I, we're, We still have trouble off and on with it, yes. <laughs> it's not consistently evil. Oh, see now it's... I just want to die. It seems to be aware. The clunkiest toaster ever. <laughs> Why have you kept this toaster? Well, Richard, you know, when all is said and done, it makes good toast. For today, Boyd Matson, NBC News, Boca Raton, Florida. That seems legit. <laughs> I don't know if it is. But yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> Maybe it was an April Fool's joke. Or that something. would be fucking so dope if it was an April Fool's joke. <laughs> anyway, I, back to sentient. Mm -hmm. I bought that same toaster at Ross, you know. So <laughs> I'm hoping it, uh, it's a little satanic too. <laughs> His name is That's Belial. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's the brand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back to sentient. Yeah. So maybe that toaster is a sentient toaster <laughs> from the future that a uh, time traveler left behind, and is just like I. I might as well just fuck with people. I don't know. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's talk about Val, who's a good toaster. And I love yes. her. I actually really love the design of like that kind of mobile yeah. unit they kind of give her. And I like that, you know, the claws have what they kind of symbolize as the eyeball yeah. part of her on. And, and so it's it not like, like a beak. Yeah, it's not like a screen or anything with like a, like a face or something. It's more like this bird beak that is actually like her arm that we, you know, that gives more of the symbolic. So anytime we see her like really paying attention to something or like listening to the kids, it's, it's like, always the arm. It's, it's always the claw that's yeah. like paying attention, you know, and I really liked that detail. It was very different than you get a lot of like robots. Yeah. Because it kind of made me think of 
Kevin Spacey in that movie Moon, he plays like a robot kind of like this mm. on a, on the base with Sam Rockwell, but it has like a little screen on his chest. So anytime he's saying something happy, it's a happy face or if he's sad, yeah. it's like a frowny face. And Is like it just his voice? Thing. Yeah, it's just his voice. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Uh, I haven't seen that movie. I've always wanted yeah, to see that I've movie. Seen it either. Dude, we should do that for this because that's yeah, a great. And there's to. there's technically two movies in the universe now. Yeah. And one of them's got oh. Paul Rudd in it. Yeah. Back to our interesting greatest quotesman of all time, starring uh, the Skarsgård. Yeah, brother, Alex right? Skarsgård. Yeah, I love Paul Paul Rudd. Mm. You too, dude. <laughs> he's he's rutted his way into my heart. Bit. Sorry, yeah, no, you're fine. Phil interrupted you. Um, yeah, no, I mean Val's design is awesome. Do you think? The term toaster is racist to robots. Probably. Yes. You think yes. that is? I mean, that's um, that's something we talked about last week. Yeah, in Vision. During Vision, where somebody did call, they were like, come up, what are names yeah. for, uh, what are mean names for robots? And the Scarlet Witch <laughs> calls him toaster. Yeah. <laughs> like in the Scarlet Witch issue. That's yeah. so true. But he, I think they, they say something toaster. Well, they or, say that well, the kids graffiti socket lovers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Because like out of all the names, because they named a bunch of different types of names. Yeah. And then they're like socket lovers. Yeah. Because it's just like. Fuck yeah. It's Tom I, King, right? Yeah, it is Tom Dude, King. He, he, he held on to that. Why don't you go stuck that? on her socket? <laughs> That was probably the first idea he had when he was writing the book. He's like, socket lovers. <laughs> he's like, hey guys, I got a, I got an idea for a vision comic. Picture this. Yeah, he's just, socket lovers. He, he, does, he does the the fucking aliens with the dollar sign, but he just writes socket lovers, and it writes an S, the, the line through the S on socket. Exactly. So like Tom, we don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but do it. But we love it. Yeah, we love. We can't get enough. Yep. Socket lovers with the dollar. Twelve sign. issues. They yeah. prefer a culinary heating unit. <laughs> that's their. That's their, the, that's their preferred term. That's the PC. Yeah, the PC term. Um, you can't call them PCs. Oh yeah, you can't call them PCs. It would be. It would not be PC to call them PC. No, but no. Not. That was one thing I did notice that I thought was kind of funny. Was like, I mean, it's usually fine to kind of like miss a lot of like the semantics of normal life, but we never see any of these kids eat. Like yeah, once true. throughout well, this I mean, entire story. Do the we? beginning is Lily eating a bowl of cereal or I guess something. That's oh, true. yeah. But just once, proven immediately. But once they're in Val's care, we <laughs> yeah. don't really see a lot yeah. of that stuff. And that's something I would have been interested to just know is like, was she like, I guess, cooking all their meals for him and like being like that mother in that way? Or was it more just... Yeah. I has, can imagine because she she's can juggle the one a who, bunch of different... Mm-hmm. But she's the one who served um, Lily cereal, wasn't she? Yeah. Maybe. I'm pretty well. sure. I'm so, pretty sure. Because we do get that moment where she goes to confront Isaac early on when he runs away from everyone. And she's like, I need to go check on them, but I need to know you're going to be okay here. Which kind of makes it seem like she is, you're right, everywhere. a little bit limited on where oh, she can even communicate at any given time. She's like, I can't be here talking to you and be over there talking to them at the same time. Well, I, I think there's no Dr. Manhattan. processing here. power. Yeah. yeah. I because think there's also times where she's saying something to specifically someone, but other panels show that other kids are hearing her also saying like it. Like over like a radio station system or something yeah interesting yeah but regardless yeah val is too cool Mm -hmm. like and and it really puts the idea of sentience on play here where Mm -hmm. it and that's one thing that i really love also about this book it's not all about her being sentient it's about her trying to understand and become a mother for these kids exactly while also having them function as little workers to keep her yeah. engines going and and going towards their 
next destination. Once again, it all happens so organically versus us having like something where she's like, I am feeling so many things I've never felt before. And now yeah. I just feel the need <laughs> exactly. or whatever. You know, yeah. it just it just happens. It's exactly. just her growing right in front of our eyes without ever even having to really talk about it or bring it up directly. Where they're like, hey, Val, you seem way more human now. And she's <laughs> yeah. like, it's because I am sentient. You know, yeah. like. <laughs> exactly. No. Did um, they even say the word in the book? I don't no, think they, so. I don't think they do. <laughs> which is which is good. Yeah. Honestly, um, I think my favorite turning point in the book is when Val starts referring to them as my children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when you really show that she's had real character growth. And it's subtleties that, like that in this book that make it so worth the read. Yeah. You for know? sure. So like you don't. It's they're not gonna fucking push everything onto you. They're just going to slowly let you get it. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and I, I was going to say, I really thought Jeff Lemire did a great job of like building up even ha- like this or like the suspicions for me when it came to Val, when we start getting to the refueling station and they're like, Hey, we're getting an SOS. And she's like, Nope, Nope. Can't be. That's yeah. totally fine. For me at first, I was like, does she have like weird ulterior motives? Or I was like, or is she really just like has reached this point where she's gone like crazy robot? She's like, no, oh. these my kids now. And maybe she's like, I don't want to. Get, like, I've learned to teach them and raise them better than any adult human could. And I'm not going to allow them back in again. So I was like really like kind of on the edge of my seat being like, what is her motivation yeah. in lying to them? And it's literally because she just knew there shouldn't be anybody out there. And if there is, it's for some fucked up reason, you know? Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> She must have read she, the Morse code first. Yeah. Well, because I can also imagine that she has some things that she's uh, keep omitting from them. Oh, you know? true. Yeah. She's just not telling them because they're too young to fully understand the whole politics of what's going on out there. They yeah. just All these kids know is that they're on a trip. Mm-hmm. To from one destination to the other to re- to colonize it. That's yeah. all they know. So there's no need for her to tell them all this extra. Hey, there's people that might want to hurt you. Yeah. yeah, you know. I mean, obviously they kind of already know that because of what happened at the first issue. Yeah. So there's no need for her to put any more stress on them. True. But on top of that, like Kenny's saying, I think that is also part of it. Like, oh no, these are my kids, so but I don't want anybody to take them away. It is anything. weird to yeah. think about all this. Because it, it, it gets, it, there's obviously some sort of weird override system in her that then has to default to... Once Victor gets there. Once Victor gets there. Because if she did read the Morse code first, understand mm-hmm. that, you know, there, there might be people trying to take this ship. There might be pirates. There might be separatists, whatever. Um, I, I I need to hold on to these kids for as long as possible to make sure that they're okay. Yeah. But then once Victor's there and shows that there are adults on board and technically they have the priority over the children and, mm-hmm. and not no longer her, she then has to be like, fuck, I, I have to default back to my programming you know what i mean and i guess we could even argue that's where she finally like lets all of it go and truly becomes fully sentient because it's in that moment where she like is giving into it and then it's finally like wait no no my kids are saying no i need to listen to them like fuck this i'm gonna break every code i've ever known and be like you know get off me you know but um i just thought it was kind of crazy that in spite of that victor still got in so hard you know what i mean and he was like just a vastly superior ai to her it kind of seemed like because he was just so easily able to like 
overpower her and like well, start to like begin to take over let, her. Let's let's talk about the sequence of events that yeah. lead yeah. to Victor. Because because uh, they yeah they start off by going to the, the refueling refinery. station. Yeah. yeah, the fuel refuel station, and um, Lily is pissed off. She's like, "I'm gonna go look." Yeah, because we fuck have a, you. Uh, real quick, I love the way Val tries to brush off the Morse code. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> Isaac's like, it's some archaic like ancient like uh, way of speaking. It's Morse code or something like that. I'm gonna decrypt it and. Val's basically like, oh, weird. No, never mind. Fuck that. You know what I mean? Like, like, no, forget that shit. It's just white noise. (laughs) And then Lily's like, no, it's someone. They can help us. And so she goes out into the refueling station, which is mostly abandoned. There's like dead bodies and shit out there they have to wear like spacesuits right. and shit she didn't find she didn't see the dead bodies at first yeah when right. she's walking through it yeah, yeah. when she's first walk, walking through it she, there's she kind of hears some clanking and stuff like that this part i'm on the edge of my seat because i'm like what the fuck could possibly yeah. be out i was there? like oh dude is this going to be an alien book at the i end? was right there with you i agree too and so we find out that she there's this guy that's been marooned there he's been stranded mm-hmm. there and he's like basically separatists have stolen his ship mm-hmm. right which was victor and victor is the opposite of val yeah. it's this other ship it must be an older ship yeah, Gibral- the uss gibraltar is yeah. what his name was mm-hmm. and and it must be an older ship because he tells lil that when he was on the ship it was just a crew of workers mm-hmm. and the second wave he would was, be crews of families they're the booster yeah, he ships, was the yeah. first wave okay yeah yeah and so that means victor is older and so i don't know if that has anything to do with enhancements that they made on the ai since right. i don't know if that means that victor was more sentient or mm-hmm. had more range but then obviously they have separatists on board that can also hack Victor. Yeah. Yeah. To be more, I guess, more superior. than himself. But, yeah. but also I think it has more to do like, cause he didn't gain any control over Val until he docked with her. Yeah. So That's as right. soon as so he, it has to be like, phys- yeah, like, once, like a virus or something. Once he docked with her, he probably connected with, to her and then, and she could have been already from weak there. from the first like attack. Exactly. That Kruger had done. That's so interesting to think yeah. about. But plus, there's probably also like somebody who has like Isaac's position mm-hmm. that normally is on the ship that like um, like a, a white hat, you know, yeah. to protect against hacking. That's true. So without somebody to fill that role other than Isaac, who's going to be a little inexperienced with it. Yeah. You know, I can see it happening. But honestly, when all of that was happening, I was so conflicted on what i believed was happening because yeah. i almost wanted those doors to open once victor definitely breaks in and there just be good people good adults inside and it really was just val being like no my children yeah. you know and then it actually being a situation where victor was a good ship trying to do his proper protocol so i was like kind of conflicted on which i wanted to happen. i know yeah they, and that's another thing they don't explicitly say the separatists are ever wrong yeah until right. victor is like kill the kids if you have to yeah that's when I was like, oh. True evil here. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's so weird because they never explain the politics really. And, and the weirdest part is that Victor tells them, kill the kids if you have to. So. Who's in charge here? Yeah, who's yeah. in that's charge? Good call. <laughs> oh, I want. And the book ends. I'm not going to talk about the ending, but the book ends as if they say, they're saying, like, this is, was only the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you think this could there's like an idea that maybe sentient AI have created the separatists 
like the leader Maybe. will end up being like an AI that has been like, I only exist because your government sucks so much ass and they had to create us to get you to a better place, you know? Or it could be like a, a Halo situation where an AI just didn't want to fragment and die and it found a way to become more sentient and mm. broke its code. Isn't that you know? um, Ghost in the Shell? Ghost in the Shell, too. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean. Yeah. That's so cool to mm-hmm. think about. But basically what happens for the next two or so issues is the kids and Val have to defend themselves against Victor and the grown men and women, mm-hmm. that right. are the separatists, um, on aboard Victor. Which, go Lily. Yeah, yeah. for real, because we get that whole encounter where she literally pulls the gun on the two and that woman's like, you're not going to shoot us. And she just blasts her right <laughs> through the fucking head. And the other guy's like, whoa, okay. She shoots her twice in the <laughs> face. Just yeah. bam, bam. Yeah, that's that's that that woo strength right yeah. there because <laughs> fucking Alex Wu has that same kind of mentality where she's like kill the bitch. kill Kruger <laughs> <laughs> that's so it. true <laughs> but um, I mean I really think that in this kind of situation it's like you have to do what you gotta do to survive and so mm-hmm. I definitely felt like it made sense that she would end up killing this full grown adult because it's like at you know your early youth like that yeah. it would be kind of almost impossible to pull that trigger unless you were put in a circumstance like this and i definitely think crazy man helped get her juices flowing as far as That's him true. being like i'm gonna fucking murder your ass and she's like i can't trust any of these adults they're nuts yeah <laughs> like, that man i feel so fucking bad, bad for, for him, him right yeah because yeah, he just went crazy he went nuts this is before the victor ever There's even shows no up he, how long he mentions been. victor mm-hmm. he's like it was those guys. Victor's doing it right, mm-hmm. um, and then he tries to aboard Val or get on board Val, um, and Val has to kill him. And it's just because he wants to go home. Realistically, yeah. it's just because he's like, "Fuck it, I just want to go back to Earth. I never wanted any of this space bullshit." You yeah. know, thing. You know what I'm I'm thinking about now? The fact that he was part of the first wave, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and they've been on their trip for at least two years. Oh, good call. So how long... Was he on that refueling station? Yeah, because how long was it before they sent the second wave after the first wave? It could have been, what, 10 years? 20 years? Maybe we'll say less. We'll say we'll say six years. Yeah. I mean, so he grew a sick-ass beard. Yeah. So. And he looked old. Yeah, he did look old. So, I mean, he could have been on that refueling station for at least seven years. Do you think there's an airlock to his dorm where it floods out all the... I don't know, space radiation and stuff so he can take off the helmet and eat because yeah. we saw like aluminum Maybe. trays yeah. on the yeah. floor. <laughs> That's true. And he, but he did obviously have like, he had like warts and stuff. It oh, like true. I didn't know if it was just like making him look gritty or if, if he was affected by something. Yeah, yeah. affected by something. But it was interesting. Yeah. Another question is, were the separatists aboard the refueling station and then they took control of Victor or were they all, like Kruger already boarded i think that's what happened you think that yeah there's so many more yeah i think there was a lot of plants like that that's interesting that's where it made me wonder if she was working on her own you know uh Mm -hmm. her on her own accord yeah yeah. volition there you go um or if it was like mission statement someone before or after being like you're we're putting you on the ship that you're gonna you you're gonna take over them kitties you know (laughs) right that's a good call yeah i mean from here, yeah, Lil and, and Isaac are able to fight off Victor for the most part. Mm-hmm. What ends up happening? He, they 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 put her just in the greenhouse because it's on its That's own right. thing. They bring mm-hmm. all the kids there, but then he's like, ha, that didn't stop me anyway, and I'm still going to destroy her. 
Um, but then they end up lock Isaac ends up locking him out of the the guidance oh, systems and drives him. Yeah, and dri- and because they flip switch, they flip yeah. ships. Yeah. yeah. So so Isaac basically locks him out of in the, the Mo- in the Montgomery, mm-hmm. and then they go to the Gibraltar exactly and ditch him because they well, and then Val yeah. manages to have her last confrontation where she kills the rest of the separatists. That's, That's even right. what it was. She right. gets that just enough strength to like three arms to like out. smash them all into a wall or something, yeah. finish killing them off, and so they flip ships, and then she just drives Victor right into the fucking refueling station, giving that guy the much needed piece he needed because I'm. A assuming he died in that oh, altercation i mean hopefully yeah. can you imagine so, he just like got blasted into space and he's like fuck i got a can of tuna in my suit so i can survive <laughs> so he didn't die previous they just no. knocked him out yeah they just yeah they him just out. i mean we see that they maybe. broke his helmet so maybe yeah. that would have eventually killed him over time but once again if we he had like a living space or something he could have probably just like or maybe you know? another helmet hopefully mm-hmm. I don't know. We do see him just like still on the ground, just like holding his helmet. That's the last time, and like altercation oh, okay. we ever see with him. For so. some reason, I thought he was definitely killed by well, Val. Yeah, I think he. Well, I think he was definitely killed by the USS Montgomery <laughs> <laughs> at some point. So um, we learned that yeah, they they get away. It kind of jumps some time. Yeah, yeah, it jumps to. I'm assuming uh, if if the refueling station, if the dead zone was like. Uh, halfway mark i'm assuming they're on this trip for another year and a half to two years yeah all by themselves piloting the gibraltar yeah yeah which is what she trained them to do exactly so that's good um and that's what she says too in the book she's like i have to train you guys to do this just in case i'm not here exactly foreshadowing yeah and it's even great that we get the argument between her and lily where lily's like i want to land the ship at the refueling station and she's like i i can do it no problem she's like that's not the point so that makes sense how they would have eventually been able to even finish their trip. Because yeah. we see these kids have all of the experience they need from start to finish to get there. You yeah. Know? So, um, but yeah, no, I honestly was just felt really bad for Val in the sense that I, once again, I just couldn't believe that once Victor was inside, he was just able to like slowly just destroy her so easily. Yeah. Where yeah. I really wanted to see her fight back at some point, you know. And that's where I was convinced was going to happen was that exactly either she was just going to win the fight and like eat his eat him away or maybe they were going to exactly flip flop ships and she would get the nice USS Gibraltar as her new body. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of sad to just see her as like a little coin version a of little, herself. Like, yeah. flip drive. Flap drive so herself. Isaac must have been able to save enough of her. Like probably her. like her core yeah. personality. Mm-hmm. Keep her on the drive. Um, and she's no longer on either ship, like embedded into either mm-hmm. ship's uh, AI systems. Um, and then they fly the rest of the way. They end up, I guess, at an encampment. And Isaac and Lily are in a tent or in their quarters. Mm-hmm. And they're uploading her into a console to then ask her, like, do you, do you remember yeah. who you are? And she did end up remembering yeah. at least her name. Yeah. So here's one thing that, I did notice in this book there was a couple of either flubs in the text, mm-hmm. like either where they forgot a word or they doubled a word or no. or, or, or stuff like or that. Or they added like two words that would have made sense if they deleted a different word. Right, yes. But they didn't, so it's like you didn't need those two words. It's like, yeah, it, so. yeah it's like the <laughs> book, maybe this is a TKO thing. Maybe they have more free reign editorial wise yeah and mm-hmm. so maybe a lot more of jeff lemire's kind of script mm-hmm. shows up in the book rather than an editor going through it one last time you know what and i mean like changing gotcha. his wording and stuff yeah. yeah but the lettering was great throughout the book 
And this is where it even gets cooler because when they're first talking to Val before she knows who she is, the lettering is gray. And typically mm-hmm. her text bubbles and boxes and everything is Are all blue, blue like her screen. And then it's not until she, she's like, I, I'm, and then she says, I'm Valerie. That's when it's blue. I was yeah. like, dude, that's so fucking dope. It, it just like, it brings it, you know, to this new f- finality. And it, it just, I don't know. It looked really great. I loved it. Um, no, I get, I get you. Um, I, I didn't think this book was going to be this good. Yeah. You know, when I first looked at it, um, I like flipped through maybe the first 10 pages just real quick, just to see, um, how dense it was and, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't dense at all. So I just gave it some time. I read it all this morning Oh, and I fucking loved it. You know, uh, I wish there was more. I really do. And that, I really hope that they do make more. I think there should be more. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, though, would you like to see this ad- adapted into like an anime or like a cartoon or a movie? I think this should be a singular live action movie. So nice. you, yeah, I think that would be cool. And then if the if Jeff Lemire and, and Walter come back to this story mm-hmm. and they produce more where I guess Isaac and Valor may be older, they did get like raised by yeah. uh fucking val um did i say val or yeah you said val yeah, okay. we yeah. yeah um regardless if if they do come back and they talk about more stories and there's more that they can talk about with like the separatists and stuff yeah. like that then that could be a serialized thing afterwards i think that would be too much yeah i would go as far as just the one story to get them to and from yeah you know um, who who would you cast as uh, the crazy guy though at the refueling station? I mean, the easy answer is Zach Galifianakis. There you go. Oh yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but I totally see Matt Damon. <laughs> True. Also, it's the Martian. Interstellar. Maybe that's yeah. what it is. The and Martian, because that's how I'm, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, him and Interstellar and the Martian is basically him just being a sad spaceman trying to get home. And they came in. <laughs> they came out like within three years of each other. Yeah. Like that. Um, I I honestly think Jeff Lemire's work is incredibly translatable to media. I think Sweet yes. Tooth even showed that for the amount of changes they made to Sweet Tooth, it still had like that gooey center that Jeff Lemire puts on it where it's like yeah. he he I feel like weirdly he understands how children w- would react to these intense situations and writes them very honestly to how they w- it would kind of go if kids were put in these fucking um, completely unrealistic right now kind yeah. of circumstances. Um but I would love to see this as a movie or even like as a limited series of like maybe like six episodes or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it should. I Personally, I feel like this could be one stellar, one, one. great movie. Um, speaking on Sweet Tooth, Will Forte can play the crazy man. Oh, true. He can grow a gnarly ass <laughs> oh, beard. Oh, that would be perfect. Yeah. I just... want Will Forte to be Val. I'm a demon. <laughs> <laughs> who, who would your voice as Val? Uh, Scarlett Johansson. No, no. <laughs> damn it, no. Just her again, you know. Get it? Um, Kathy Bates. No, <laughs> really. Lady Gaga. Holly Hunter, the voice of Elastigirl. Uh-huh. Miley Cyrus. Mm, you're making me angry. Uh, That's Leslie, how she Leslie sounds, Mann. Man. Leslie Mann might not be. She's like, don't leave the spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> I like Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm sentient. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why, but I picture like a slightly British accent. Oh, that's not bad. That'd be yeah. cool too. Um, Tilda Swinton. There you they go. just thought, Lily, don't <laughs> leave. <laughs> don't go. So not, not a subtle <laughs> accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> Nobody said anything about subtle. <laughs> and then kids get all new kids actor, kid yeah. actors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single scene. I want a different kid playing a different <laughs> kid, the same character. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> and and uh, they're all different races than they were in the book. Oh, Like, yeah. we all have... We keep the same, like, genetic diversity, but we make them different races. Yeah. And the twins... Or one's white, one's black. Okay. Dude, yeah. nice. Yeah, yin and yang. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just for no reason. <laughs> well, just, well, it'll be a future where there's no races. They can't oh, yeah. Because they can't see color. Oh, they're all blue. <laughs> yeah, they're all bl- Everybody's blind. Everybody's <laughs> blind. Everyone's blue and blind. Everybody's blue and blind. They're but, all weird blue bad people. <laughs> strangely, before they went blind, we we saw that everybody was blue, yeah. and then we went blind. So now we know we're all And same. then the rest of the movie is actually just a podcast, because <laughs> we're all blind, and we don't actually even see it. You know what's sad? It just makes me think of that goddamn episode of fucking Fairly Odd Parents, where they all he turns everyone into gray blobs, and then the, everyone still clicks up. They were like, I'm a different gray than your gray. And it's like, <laughs> it wouldn't even matter. We could all be blue and be like, well, I'm dark blue, and you're medium dark blue, so we can't get along. Did you see that they read? Seen that. They revamped Fairly Odd Parents. Dude, hell yeah, it's I, and it's so a live bad. action. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, there's a an animated one too. Really? And yeah, I want to show you Crocker front facing because we only ever see Crocker at three fourths or side view. I, was, I, was I intentionally don't look at my Crocker, Crocker when it's front facing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we made we, the same yeah, joke in different ways. We made the same joke. <laughs> I can't look my Crocker in the eye. You know, it's scary. <laughs> I hate you guys right now. <laughs> so. You, you know what Crocker looks like. Yeah. The, the oh, teacher. I know what a Crocker looks like. All like, right. Like, that's Crocker. Yeah. Betty Crocker. Yeah. But this new cartoon. Fairly Odd Parents. Has him front facing and he looks. Hot? Yeah. Unreal. He oh, doesn't dude. look like a fairly He's odd He's kind of turning me character. on. Yeah. I like that his ears are like in a completely unrealistic place. <laughs> yeah. They're on his neck. <laughs> um, if I look like that, I'd be evil too. <laughs> Honestly, if I had neck ears. So Sentient was Sentient. a stellar fucking book. Um, and I can't wait to read more Jeff Lemire on mm-hmm. this podcast. I had no doubt it was going to be a great read just knowing these mm-hmm. two names were attached to it. I had to believe that. And knowing that it was TKO, I knew that it was at least like a more indie right. So they had must have had significantly more freedom, freedom to kind of put yeah. what they wanted to out there. I think this was the perfect kind of comic book to put out in a single trade right out the gate. I think yeah. that this kind of writing is like, in, was ingenious to be like, this isn't going to come out monthly. This is all going to come out at once. And I, I think this would have been a very different experience had you had to read Wait, one, yeah, monthly. Yeah. one issue one at a Definitely. time. Because I couldn't put this shit down once I picked it up. You know, it was just page turning. So I thank God that I was able to have the full trade all at once. Yeah. But it makes me interested to read more TKO books because that, I like that. I like because we see it so much in Marvel that these writers and stuff end up getting rushed, you know, yes. and like the last few issues suffer for that because it's like they're having to mm-hmm. get, meet these time frames that are not unrealistic, but they maybe can't do. And so the book suffers for it with this. Obviously, they maybe have like, hey, you need it done by this date. But within that, they can set realistic standards yeah. for themselves to create the content that they want to. And I really think that's maybe a secret to why this book feels such like a good read and maybe has some that strength behind it is just something that uh is kind of not a simple idea but it's not like an overly complicated idea yeah. either it was just simply put a bunch of kids on a spaceship and leave them alone with an ai in charge you know yeah. and it grows so beautifully from there so i really would be interested to see more of like even big writers in like these more indie yeah. roles you know 
Yeah. Sweet Tooth was DC, essentially, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Vertigo, and then, yeah, it became DC. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah, this book, it. I think this is the way to do comics now. I, 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 I'm fine with the single-issue stuff happening at the big two, um, but I think when it comes to what a consumer outside of comics would want to buy it would be one book that mm. is a full story yeah or at least feels f- final enough to where you you are anticipating a second part but you can wait six months for that yeah. second part and you I know what i mean it, i think it's kind of just uh how society's like turned towards media within the past few years well not even the past few years like i would say the past uh, 10 years you know ever since people started binging everything on netflix yeah. and hulu and everything um, everybody wants their entertainment right here right now yeah so like somewhere like me for example like moon knight i'm i'm gonna wait to watch moon knight me too or the halo show i'm gonna wait to watch it when there's at least the majority of that season out yeah then i'll watch it all all these red vines and tic tacs just ruining our way to uh, pay attention to shit you know so exactly we just Fucking candy <laughs> Ruining the world. <laughs> Just <laughs> rotting our brains. Exactly. Like, I'm on this podcast with y'all, but I'm also paying attention to a game that's going on in my <laughs> True. Like, I have... You have bad attention. I do. I yeah. really do. Um, but I, I try. You need to be stimulated. Wait, what were we talking yeah. about? I need a hand job. I mean, to be stimulated. Whoa. Same thing. Uh. <laughs> Whoa, buddy. You're an alcoholic. I've actually got a tugger on, so I'm just perpetually <laughs> being tugged. You know, it's, it's perfect. The tugger. Yeah. The tugger. I have a little tugger. I'm always just slightly getting off. Oh, I thought you were talking about the shirt, the tugger. Oh. Is that, what is Do that? Do y'all not know what I'm talking about? Is that from the, I think you should leave? I think so. It's the uh, Tim Robinson. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I, I've seen it, but I, I didn't see it enough. I I'll, show you, I'll show you the real tugger, all right, <laughs> later on. And you'll understand what I'm referencing. Uh, the Chris Tucker. Yeah, the Chris Tucker. <laughs> oh. From uh, Rush Hour. Okay. Yeah. Because he's rushing that tug, you know? I get it. Uh, what is Stan doing here? Is he doing like a... Um, Some he's kind of yogurt. Rock and roll slide. <laughs> True. If you just see from this up, it kind of looks like a Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but going back to your thing about Netflix. Yeah, I agree. I think we suffer from having so much to watch mm-hmm. and no attention to withstand all this stuff to watch. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because like, especially with like, I'll be watching a video and it's like a multiple part video and I'll watch the first part and be like, Oh, there's other parts, but they just started making them. I'll go back to it. And I never go back to it. Yeah. I'm never going to go back to it because I, I forgot about it. Yeah. As soon as I go to my next video, I forgot about it. Yeah. I do the same thing. I Whenever listening to podcasts, mm-hmm. I wait until there's at least four or five until I start listening to them because I don't want to run out. Yeah. And mm-hmm. have to keep waiting every time there's a new one. Yeah. Makes That's sense. crazy. It's crazy to think about. It, it affects all of us mm-hmm. in different ways. Because, mm-hmm. I mean... I never used to be like that. I remember watching TV shows week by week, you know, growing up and being completely fucking fine with it. Be like, oh, my TV show ended. I'm going to fucking go outside. Yeah. And now, now I'm like, uh, is there something else on my phone I can do? Yeah. 
Like, like I'm always looking for something else to do on my phone. When it makes me things. laugh that like HBO and Apple are trying to like meet people in the middle and like, we'll give you the first three yeah. on the first day and then you will release them weekly. And I think both are in, are good tactics in yeah. the sense of either just like, I think Netflix kind of ruined the game and in the fact that they just put whole series out mm-hmm. instantaneously. I think this kind of the mixed version is better for me at least because when you can just binge an entire series in a day or two then that's where really in my opinion creates that like well fuck now i have to wait two three years when i consume this entire season in like less than 24 hours you know like think about sweet tooth real quick Mm -hmm. we did sweet tooth at the beginning of this podcast we're coming up to our one year anniversary next week or no at the end of this week Mm -hmm. or in between this episode coming out and the next episode coming out, it'll be our one year anniversary. And oh, we th- wow. can you believe we've all been doing this for a year? <laughs> I mean, not not me, right? No, not you. It yeah. won't be your one year until what, like June or something? I, know. Like I that? was just throwing a little shade. <laughs> Wait, it's barely gonna be one year for you? Yeah. yeah, April, and that's what I'm talking about. Think about. I thought y'all started in January last year. No, and so think about oh. Sweet Tooth. That feels like that was three years ago true yeah no, it, and maybe that's because we're does. absorbing so much content now you know mm. the fact that we're doing this weekly run where we have to cr- read new things absorb new things but yeah it feels like i read sweet tooth a thousand years ago yeah you know, and i couldn't even totally re- i mean i remember it plenty but there i'm sure there's like little details if i went back and read those first 12 that i'd be like oh i freaking forgot about this shit yeah for so. sure um back to jeff lemire real quick <laughs> uh when moon Knight ends we will read his moon Knight run nice Oh, we dude, will, I'm excited. We will read it and talk about the show in tandem. That's, that's the one be, I wanted more than any of them. Okay, yeah. Cool. That's going to be like a three-hour long episode. Because <laughs> we're going to have a lot of comic books to talk about and mm-hmm. then the whole show mm-hmm. to talk about. So. Do you think we'll try to do them in tandem or try to break it up first half of the episode maybe about comic book and then, you know? We could try. I, I, typically, whenever we do this, we talk about... One I mean, the, it's going to be free yeah. flow. We yeah. tend to not follow a form. We can do whatever yeah. the fuck we want. Yeah. I say we do it and then just don't even talk about Moon Knight the whole episode. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> just talk about Loki or something. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> you just slapped the shit out of the table. Next week, the boys will be celebrating 100 years of their Dumb Ace podcast with the one and only Cat Main Year One by Frank Mueller and David Motzer Ellen. Come back for Dad. It's going to be fun. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you guys have anything to say about Sentient real quick? No, I want to thank Paul Damien for being here. I want to thank me for being here, and Kenny. Yeah, I'm glad you're back. Yeah, man. yeah, Kenny. Shut the hell up, bitch. I will. <laughs> Did you know was, that was that much? I was hoping it was the go fuck yourself. One. Is, Close enough. I don't know if there is a go fuck yourself. Is there? Go yeah. kill. Oh, go kill yourself. <laughs> that one. It was next to it. Okay. Over you. Um, um, but yes, thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Instagram. That's going to be in the show notes below. Uh, rate and review us on. Wherever you guys get podcasts. Uh, I hear Apple Podcasts is the most important one in Mm -hmm. growing a podcast, which, believe it or not, we are still doing. Yeah, all Um, the time. Yes, all the time. We greatly appreciate it regardless. But thank y'all so much for being here, really. I mean, y'all are why we do it. Yeah. On top of the fact that we just love comic books and movies, so we're probably going to keep doing it anyway. (laughs) I think we also just love talking to each other about this shit. Exactly. And having a good excuse to have to watch a movie Mm. and read a comic book every year. Or every week. Speak for yourself. I fucking hate you guys. (laughs) I just like being mean to Kenny when I'm here. Um... If if you guys want sticker, ask Ken. There you go. We will uh, see y'all then, or we'll see you on another time. Bye guys. Bye guys. That was my line. <laughs> <laughs>
stupid. I also need to kill a little bit of time because I played too much of the Wii music over our outro music. So, oh, and the, you had the yeah. You had I don't the want music. the music playing on top yeah. of the music. So, whoa.